Welcome to Machine Learning. I want to talk about extreme ownership, a um, presentation I heard on by Jocko. And um, uh, it's uh, one of the uh, premises that he starts with is, is building leadership is a, a skill and there were are there are certain tactics and strategies you can use to become uh, an effective leader and one of the premises that they he talks about is building leadership through empowering people so he gives a really interesting case analogy when he was doing training and they were um, clearing platforms that uh, were oil platforms and when he said that when you get on to the a certain level there were lots of pipes and visibility was poor and they decided to um, take the whole platform as a, as, as a team and so you can see everyone was um, focused but it, there was no clear path and so he he took us kind of looked step back and looked around and then he could see that uh, there was a opening to the left and so he moved to the left and made the call now he was a very new soldier still and he thought he was going to be in, in trouble for taking that initiative but it turned out to be correct so in that move it it turned out to be correct and his uh, commanding officer told, said that you know that it was the correct move and um, but the the team uh, he later was explaining that in a uh, not in a similar situation but in a uh, exercise he could see that there were what a, a, um, a ditch and if so he made the call to you know get to the ditch and the men all followed and then the commander said well that was an incorrect call because he could they could have overwhelmed the target well I guess apparently this is a another training exercise and um, targets would pop up and then you would shoot at the target he said the commander said that was an incorrect move different commander incorrect move because he, they could have 
just charged forward and overtaken the target. And so he learned at that point that you have to take initiative or you have to have alignment. The team has to have alignment in order to move forward. And um, that alignment is was critical to the success of their team. He also learned some important principles about um, putting others first. Or serving and he was talking about one of the soldiers who's a, who was a friend but also he a, a soldier that he had helped build into a leader talk about his account in Sadar Iraq and he said that the Iraqis in the city, the government decided to build a wall to separate out the aggressors or attack people that were attacking the inner part of the city, and that caused a conflict to escalate. So there's a lot of fighting that was going on, and the soldier in charge thought he was going to die and he had sent a letter to Jocko explaining what he wanted in his last will and testament and um, so the insurgents managed to, and one, one of the buildings that were overlooking the battleground managed to get a grenade up there and on the roof or lookout point, and, the, and there were casualties that resulted. So this commander... I wish I could remember his name, but this commander decided to leave his gear and then cross from his building over to the other building to to rescue those men. Call went out. They could hear explosions. They got the emergency request for aid, and so they he took his men went over and rescued them. And um, the important thing, I guess, in this story is that he says at the very beginning that uh, I wish I remember his name, but the, the commander 
didn't have the leadership skills at an earlier time to have done this. That these skills were things that he learned to develop. And and he, he points out that it is better to build people who understand or build up leadership skills so that people understand the mission and the goals of the organization. And they just know what to do. There's kind of a in some ways he was he was advocating a flat hierarchy where uh, people understand what needs they see what needs to be done and they do it. They understand the big picture. And that's very effective actually in in um, organizations because egos get in the way of effectively communicating. So if the communication is good, the art of subtle is even better because it allows for empowerment. And sometimes through indirect influence, you have more influence. I kind of saw some wisdom in what was being said as I was thinking about how organizations work, especially when you have team building events and you're trying to influence people to perform at higher levels. I mean, you're always going to have that, that one guy who doesn't listen who projects their ideas and they don't work. But he sa- he says that one of the effective ways to communicate is to say what could I have do or have done to help you accomplish your task or goal. I think that's one of the interesting ideas of communication and leadership is not to be critical because critical criticism, judgmental, comparison, destroys communication and management is the art of communication. A manager who is effectively communicating can get work done. 
are communicating that vision or roadmap of what is needed to get work done based on the goals and visions of their senior management is how businesses thrive. I was actually thinking a lot about how karate is a lot like um, important leadership principles. You start with students and you show them different techniques and then they work on those techniques for several years. They get very good at it. I get fast, and they get powerful, and power implies lethality, lethal. But at the same time, a lot of the routines are the same. You practice it. They're choreographed. You know what, how to react in a certain situation, you have a split second to 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 react. And then there's strategy, the chess game. And so each week we you work on different techniques to build, to perfect different uh, situations. Defense against the knife, defense against the club, running punches, tackles. And those uh, elements, then you combine in a simpler form into sparring, where you're working to change the angle, improve the concentration, and cultivate energy. And at some point, you begin to meditate and reflect and ponder about ways to improve the process. You have to be dedicated to a process. And so in your black belt probationary period, you're dedicated to the process of cultivating energy, of building your endurance. And um, improving your senses, ear, sight, smell, sound, smell. And the sixth one energy. Feel the intent of the opponent. Find the tau or the way. And so there isn't this right or wrong in that pursuit, but you're looking for the way, 
through the conflict, through harmony and balance. And don't get me wrong when I say harmony and balance, because a punch is still a punch and a kick is still a kick. They all hurt. But what they uh, what is learned is that there are indirect ways to achieve your goal. Arguing, clashing, fighting, verbally, disruption, holding positions do not help you win. Even though in our society, of a competitive society, we're taught and reward the individuals who have the best score or the best performance. There are many ways to accomplish your goal. I think it's really interesting because in addiction recovery, you're in a very de- desperate situation. You have a, your loving addict who is destroying their life through alcohol, weed, harmful drugs. And you're in this mode of trying to fix them. Just do this and it will fix you. And you will not be an addict, and everything will go back to normal, and life will be good. And then you realize that that isn't true at all. For every time you try to repair that person, the solution will never be good enough. It will never be have the sticking power or the spiritual or emotional power to help that person out of that pit. No matter what you come up with for a solution, it will not be good enough because it is not a solution that the the addict has created. And so one of the things that Jocko said, which I, I agree with, is that we must take ownership for our own problems. If we will fix our own problems, then we are going to find an amazing power within us. And we could solve any problem that's faced with our situation. We can find people who will help us. We can read books. We can think. And not all the answers are known. So we may find answers that could change the world. 
And that's one of the amazing things about addiction recovery is that an addict who is in recovery will learn some of the most advanced ideas for human motivation and change and they will use those ideas to get results. I've watched with my daughter how she's gone from coping to problem solving and building her life back into a functional, productive individual without our intervention or our solutions, but with our support and with our love. I think that that's one of the amazing parts about leadership is the human connection. To understand the other person's story. What makes them tick? Why do they want to do things? What are they trying to solve? How did they solve those problems? And that allows for an amazing opportunity of growth. Things can still go wrong. Jocko's friend, commander, he later became a commander of the training um, was skydiving and he had a malfunction in his parachute and he died. Sometimes the only thing we can do for other people is pray for them. and help them spiritually be strong enough to overcome their adversity. I often ask people who I care about, would you like me to pray for you? And sometimes they say yes and sometimes they don't answer. That's okay. But at least they know I care. I think uh, that extreme ownership wakes you up to the real possibility that change is possible. 
and that leadership is more than having the answers. Leadership is building other leaders and utilizing those talents to accomplish incredible things. I know with my students that I watch what that that I I watch the guidance that I've provided and I wonder if they will be able to perform in a real-world situation at the level they need to. And I believe that they will. Because your training or the way you prepare is how you perform in real-world situations. and your reactions, and your speed, and your power. Same with in business. Are you purely reacting to what you see or dislike, or are you working your process? Can you dig deep enough to find why you are important to the organization? For a long time in this company I worked for, I I really questioned why it was important there. And then we got a new leader, and he started asking a bunch of questions, and I realized at that moment that there was an opportunity to begin to perform, not particularly for him, but for myself. And then I realized that there were a lot of things that people just did. And in the organization, and that you ask them why you did it this way, and they would have an algorithm. So I started to record process. And as I talked to them more, I realized that there were a lot of processes that were on the verge of not being functional. And so then I started to communicate that. Take the initiative, like Jocko's saying. Take a step back. Analyze what's going on. Think about it. And then take a risk. I don't know. It it seems to be that you want to make sure you don't embarrass the people who work for you, that you build a culture of respect. Respect 
ownership and analysis or meditation will take you a long way. towards achieving high performance. One of the things as I looked at uh, how automation is impacting companies is that it really is a more excellent way to do work is through automation. But automation costs money. It requires lots of discipline to understand process. And for that reason, it is a challenge to build. I often think and wonder as we look at the future how we will be able to adapt to more machinery and more analysis, more process. And I think the answer is that there will be more thought, more better understanding. And as there's more better understanding in the group, in the organization, you'll work more as a team than as an individual. I um I I think the challenge of language and computers is fascinating. I'm reading the book um Mastering Python. It uh is a an interesting book on uh the language and cases where you, the usage of it um, is explained more from an experience perspective. That you, what were some of the cases that are not so well known? For example, using tuples, the difference between a hash table and a dictionary and using tuples within a dictionary structure. Well, I've used lists in 
list of lists inside of a dictionary and found that to be useful. And so therefore, having tuples in a dictionary would increase this, provide similar type functionality. And as I look at the Python and think about the different functions that it provides, it uh, it really is a very flexible language. And you can do a lot with a very few lines of code. It almost has a list-like uh, feel to it where you could put rules in your data and then parse apart the rules to get your answers. I remember back in the 90s taking a course on expert systems and we did look at lists. List. And that's the day where prolog and lists were really popular. And one of the things that lists claimed is that it had a parsing language where data could be changed and so the rules could change. So you started with one rule set and then you ran the algorithm and over time the rule set changed depending on the input from its environment. But don't we do the same thing? We have certain rules that we run in our brain and if there's something new that comes in, we have to reprogram our assumptions, our behaviors, and our, our reactions. And so the rules that govern our behavior may change over time as we get more information and better information. There are many opportunities in the world that will help us become who we need to become. I really thought it was interesting to listen to leadership because there was a lot about the human experience, things that really made a difference. And for that reason, I think that uh, this is a 
was a great leadership program. You know, you could lose everything, including your life. Soldiers, these men that fight for our freedoms, they put everything on the line. But they know that if they work together as a team, their chances of survival go higher. And so finding and participating in the team and communicating and being aligned is critical. And how do you get aligned? The only way you can get aligned is to listen to what is important and what is relevant. And that's what the leadership we're all saying. Focus on that, what's important and what is relevant, and then get that work done. That's what I try to do every week is talk about what is important and what is relevant. And how my role in the company is helping achieve those goals. Because through this iterative process, you're going to find a solution that will impact everyone because it's just never been built and it will play such a critical role that it will become a focal point of the whole company. And that idea comes from aligning with your boss, with senior management, and with your team. And the impacts are huge. And I thought about that, and I've been thinking about that a lot lately, about how I've been able to make a difference in companies that I've worked for. And some of them were Fortune 100 companies. And I've gone back to work for those companies as contractor and seen how the things that I built earlier were still in some form being used directly at the time, currently. Well, it's going to be a hot day today. I'm hoping for great.